basically the idea is either you're stuck, the energy is stuck, or it flows. And when we're healthy and happy and powerful, it means our energy is flowing. Hello and welcome to Also in Pink, the podcast all about lifestyle design, how we live, the clothes we choose, and how we organize our space. I'm your host, Alexandria Lawrence, a certified KonMari consultant and personal stylist. I'm here to guide you on your journey to live a happy, fulfilled life. Every Tuesday, you'll get new insight on what it means to live well, plus actionable tips. Redefine what's possible and create your ideal life. Our guest today is integrative business and energy strategist, Relinda Moores. She is a former pro dancer who works with visionary entrepreneurs to unlock limiting beliefs and experience fulfilling financial success. And even if you don't identify as an entrepreneur, you can still learn so much from Rolinda. So stay tuned to discover how making money and having a successful dream business is directly related to your mindset and your energy. Relinda, welcome. What a pleasure to have you here on the show. So you have such an inspiring career and life journey, really, and I feel you're just getting started. So tell me more about your transition from professional dancer and choreographer to business coach and entrepreneur. Yeah. I really went young to theatre school. I was 17. I was so driven. That was really what I wanted. So I did theatre school and then I wanted something else after. I wanted to dance. I want to bring dance and theatre together. I'm going to start my own dance company. Uh, And I'm telling that story because there was so much passion in there and so much love and it was all I had ever wanted. I was traveling with my company to Singapore and Mexico and throughout the Netherlands and it was really beautiful until there was just this point where I didn't see it coming. For me, it was like I thought my life was really heading towards a very clear direction, becoming like a famous choreographer in the Netherlands. And I was well on my way and everything was working out. And I lived in this most gorgeous apartment in Amsterdam. And then one day my boyfriend and I, we broke up and it was a pretty painful breakup. And uh, that really shattered me. That really was like I didn't expect that. Then the crisis happened, like there was no more subsidies for young companies like my company was. And all that together just brought me to a point as like, I I need a break. So I was like, I need to go on a holiday. So I went to Bali. I knew some people there and I thought, let me have a break there. And in that time, I actually had this big insight, like, actually, this is not what I want. This doesn't feel good. And then I was in Bali and at that time it was starting to be like a digital hub. And I was impressed. I have friends there that were like running these businesses, really using their talents. And they were just doing it from their laptop. And they were like, yeah, in the past years we're living in Hawaii and now we're here in Bali. And they had so much freedom and they were making so much more money. So that was my start. And I was like, if I'm really honest with myself, I want that. I want that level of freedom. And I want to have a business model which is actually sustainable and not one that could die any day uh, because of subsidies. My life just came in flow in Bali. So what was planned to be a six-week holiday became a three-year stay. 
I was asked to teach in a yoga studio and I just stayed and taught yoga and in the meantime learned everything about online business that I could learn. I love that and can relate to many bits of that journey really. So how would you say how's your background in dance and performance helped you become a successful entrepreneur? So it's such a great question because that took me a long time to figure that out. So being a dancer, being on stage, that has to do also a lot with presenting yourself, visibility, putting yourself out there, overcoming a lot of like insecurities and self-doubt in order to be on stage. That had been a journey for me, for sure. And then also as a choreographer, and you know, you're directing, you're like crafting a story and, and telling that story through dance and theater. And now the story would be through a post or maybe a video or like it's the brand story and it's how you tell that story and how you bring everything together so in that sense more and more starts to fall into place for me where I can use this background in order to serve people and and then even because of that what I now have discovered or know is that my ideal clients actually have a similar thing they feel like I'm multi-passionate I have so many things going on. How on earth do I bring this together? And how do I position myself as an expert in something when I have all these different passions? Yes, and you might not know this actually, but my background is in performance as well, in, in music though. Yeah, I did my postgrad studies in early music and worked as a professional musician for many years, a similar amount of time to you being a dancer, actually. And um, it took me a long time to realize this, but if you're a freelance musician, you're also running a business. And yet most musicians and creative people I know don't think like entrepreneurs. So I remember, for instance, a musician telling me, years ago that he'd done just about as much playing as he possibly could during a year. He had small ensembles, orchestral work, and realized that his income, uh, which was about 27,000 pounds for that year, was sort of the limit to what he would ever be able to achieve just doing those things. Yeah, so that uh, mindset shift that needs to take place in order to extend beyond that, how how does changing your mindset change your energy and then your reality? Well, that's everything. I talk a lot about limiting beliefs. That's what I figured out. I didn't know at the time, but that's what I figured out. That's what it is. So because I chose to stop my dancing career, I, I chose it. But I still felt like if I'm not that famous dancer and choreographer in the Netherlands, I'm a failure. I'm a complete failure. I'm a nobody. It was my whole life. So what I went through in Bali was a lot of like, I'm really happy here. I felt happy with my decision, but then I had all these judgments about myself and the fear about how other people would judge me. So I luckily ran into somebody who worked a lot with limiting beliefs. And, and then also there was the whole money part, of course, exactly what you said. As an artist, I couldn't exceed a certain amount. So... All of a sudden, seeing people that made even $10,000 a month was just like, what, really? Does this ever, you know, does this even exist? So a lot of work around different areas, a lot of work on letting go of old identity, of old stories I would tell myself. So I was ready to, to share my new, like, next phase of my life without being triggered with all those limiting beliefs. 
I love that. And what would you say to people who perhaps are still doing that creative thing and aren't quite satisfied with it, but aren't sure what their next direction is? Is it um, yeah, making sure they're clear on their vision for how they would really like to live? Or yeah. what would you say? I think that's a really big one, yeah. Because I was so consumed by the work, which of course is beautiful. Like, I still like, you know, dance and theater. But I think being so consumed by it and having almost your identity hang up in it, I think that is a really good one to look into. Like, do I still feel worthy if I don't do this? And if I don't, like, why? What is that? This was my first big insight. And then from that place, how do you actually want to live? There's so many ways. Yesterday, I talked to a harpist. Uh, she's amazing. She plays, for example, also for people that are ill, and she really helps them to soothe themselves. I think she's a harpist and a therapist. And she was like, yeah, but I feel I should give this away for free. And I talked to her and I said, what you do is so amazing and so unique and so tailor-made. I think it can actually be quite high-end. You know, if you give private performances to people and you write a piece for that person, I'm like, that's really, really high end. So it's really changing the way that you look at yourself. Maybe you stay with what you do, but can you position yourself in a way that at least a part of your offerings are high end offerings so that the abundance and the money can flow? And then for the people that say, yes, but I don't want it to be elite, I want it to be available. And that is a beautiful argument. And I always say, do that when you have the abundance to do that. So now when the money is coming in and it's flowing in and you are like, I want to give away a couple of these private concerts or I want to make something that is only $50, 50 pounds and sell that on the internet, fantastic. But especially the artists, we're so used to give it away while our cup is actually empty and there's no space, you're tired, and you already feel undervalued. And that is, yeah, an important one. Yeah, that's such a key point. And that financial success, as you say, will give you that ability to do more of those passion projects and not burn yourself out completely just trying to, to get by. Yeah, something I think is important as well for creatives to know is that they are not necessarily their target audience. If they can't imagine charging a certain amount for their services, they're not the person they're trying to sell to necessarily. You have to really think about who your audience is and who benefits from it. And uh, remember, you know, they might not have your mindset, your personal limitations for yourself. Absolutely. This took me the longest time. I thought everybody was always kind of broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I know. And going from there, you have, I think, helped some six and seven figure entrepreneurs now in your, your current business. And I mean, what a shift is that, really? It's so different. You know, I run a multiple six figure business, uh, whatever that means. But the fact that it's possible and that I can do that and that I'm still really, really authentic and close to who I am and what I want to do. Money is something we have so much emotions around. We have so many judgments around it. So many things that that are really not the truth. They're really beliefs. 
for me, it was at one point, I was like, I make a lot of decisions based on the numbers on my bank accounts. Oh, I can't do this. I can only do that. I cannot afford this. I really want that thing, but I can't do it. And I was like, that isn't ever going to contribute to me living my highest life. For example, I'm really a learner. I love learning. So I would want to go and go to Bali for a month to do another yoga teacher training, or I want to take another course, or I want to hire a coach. And then having the money that it's possible to do it, for me, that's a very important point. Yes, that's the essence of a, a mindset shift, really. And I'm also a huge believer in personal accountability in making things happen, which it seems you are as well, and not making excuses for why things maybe haven't happened for you yet in the past. I know it's a kind of self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Whether you think you can or you think you can't, and you're right. Yes, absolutely. That's it. Yeah. So what I discovered with these limiting beliefs is that every belief you have wants to be validated in reality. So it's exactly what you say. If I believe I, yeah, I cannot have it or I can't do it, it's very hard to make it happen. You think your belief is the truth. And that's the thing. Beliefs masquerade as the truth. And I really love to say, okay, when you want something or you desire something or you're not happy with something and you have these kind of thoughts about it, can you have a moment, just take a deep breath, Write that thought down. It's not possible for me to make $100,000 a year. And then ask yourself, is this 100% true? Do I know that this is the absolute and only truth? And if no, but okay. So could it be a limiting belief? And then from there, if it's a limiting belief, now we can look at it and maybe even slightly shift it or change it or choose more empowering thoughts it is possible for me it would be really fun to make a hundred thousand dollars a year and and how can i actually do that there must be a way i just don't know how yet and then how does your energy shift it's like oh i feel curious i feel excited and then you start to take very different actions and because you start to take these different actions you actually get a different result and how would you describe your energy work? Do you actually do physical activity? Do you advise people to, to go out and move or to take up some sort of sport? Or, or how does that manifest itself in your mindset work? Yeah, great question. So besides dance, I also do Qigong which is this Chinese energy art. It literally means the art of energy. And in Qigong, I learned to know what is like on the body level and the mind level and on the energy level. So uh, the energy work for me is almost like the most powerful part of it, but it manifests in the body and in the mind as well. But all three of them are always connected. But yes, if you say, do you do things with people like getting them to move? Yes. I talk about, you know, embodiment. First of all, just getting out of your head, getting out of overthinking, but also tuning into the wisdom of your body. So if there's fear around something, you can shift that on so many ways. Sometimes you can talk about it for ages, but maybe you just need to sit down and close your eyes and feel where is the tension in your body? Where is this fear manifesting in your body? 
and listen to it and give it space. There's this beautiful expression that says, uh, the issues are in the tissues. And I think they are in the tissues indeed, you know, you can feel it. So if you can listen to it and maybe gently invite the body to let go, then it often releases something. So that's on the physical level. And then I also teach my people Qigong, which I just love as an energy exercise. And Qigong is based on the whole idea that you get more energy in and then it flows through the body. And with that, it flushes out any blockages. Because basically the idea is either you're stuck, the energy is stuck, or it flows. And when we're healthy and happy and powerful, it means our energy is flowing. And then the mind work for me really is meditation, but also the belief work, where I go with my clients and I literally, if I work with a client on a belief, I take an hour to an hour and a half for one belief and they sit down and close their eyes and they go in a deep meditative state in a theta brainwave. And then we literally release the limiting belief and all the reasons around it, why the subconscious is holding on to it, let it go and replace the positive belief. And that is often a very big uh, shift for them right away. Yeah. Imagine if you live the life you really want, you know, your dream life. Have you ever taken time to picture what it would look like? I mean, what it would really look like? We're not talking about the life you feel you should have, but deep down, the life you secretly want, your ideal life. Maybe you already have a vision. Picture an iconic VW camper van pootling down the coastal path. Maybe you're in Cornwall, the Amalfi Coast, or alongside a fjord in Norway. Yes, the scenery is stunning, and you're getting ready to stop for a picnic. There's a perfectly ripe, oozy cheese waiting for you, a selection of your favorite treats, and there may, or may not, be vintage vinyl and a portable gramophone to complete the picture. But... That's never going to happen, right? Wouldn't it be nice to take a step back, sweep aside all your worries, and imagine that's where I come in? I'm your host, Alexandria Lawrence, and I've developed an exclusive questionnaire for the Also in Pink community to help you create a vision of your ideal life. Simply join the Also in Pink email list and you'll get instant access to our Ideal Lifestyle Vision questionnaire. Go on then. Make a cup of your favorite tea or whatever floats your boat. Go to alsoinpink.com and click start now. Redefine what's possible and create your ideal life. I love how holistic your approach is. It's very uh, psychological, physical, emotional, and uh, practical as well, I think. It is, exactly. Yeah. I love to work with entrepreneurs because I could do this work with anybody. Like I could leave away the business part almost. But I love to work with entrepreneurs because they're visionary and they're like creators. And I track like the artists and the yoga teachers and I have like a fun collection of different kind of people that I work with. But I love working with entrepreneurs because they want something, they want to create something, they have this drive. And I believe that drive is a very spiritual thing. I feel it's like almost 
manifesting your purpose in the world. But really, if I look at it, the strategy is what we can all learn. But the real work is the is the inner work. And if you skip it, it's just going to be a very rough journey. And if you do it, it's very enlightening. And I would argue almost that the inner work that gets triggered by wanting to like grow a business or build a business is even more valuable than the whole side effects of more money and, and all that good stuff. Oh, definitely. That's the part I've personally focused on the most so far since I'm still quite early on in my business. But I've done a lot of that mindset work these past few years. And I think that's so transformative, really. And yeah, and it's introduced me to, to people like you. And I think that's so important, being aware of who you surround yourself with and their mindset, their belief in possibility. So yeah. it helps to have a community. It's imperative. I couldn't have done it without that. Yeah, I think really like again, back to Bali for me, I felt like for three years I was surrounded with people who did life in a different way and who did business in a different way. And it made it a lot easier. And then when I would come back here, I would definitely be confronted with people that uh, thought I was, well, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, can you make money on the internet? You know, I'm very skeptical. And, um, and, and that matters in the beginning. So if you then have the people who come with their beliefs that are like, no, it's not possible. What are you doing? You're being weird. Or then it can have a lot of impacts. Right now, I just smile and I'm like, fine if people don't don't get that but it doesn't throw me off and I still of course connect with like-minded people so I'm always like part of a group or a mastermind or my business besties you know I have all that and it's really important yeah yes and the importance also of finding the right mentor yeah you can only get so far in the end thinking big on your own and in order to take your success to the next level, you do need that support, whether it is a mentor or building a team. And actually what brings us together is that we have the same mentor, the amazing Selena Sue and her team. And yeah, how much has working with Selena and her incredible team impacted you and your business? A lot, really lots. One quality that Selena has for me is that she's really all about partnerships, but she does that in everything. Just really creating connections with other people like, like we are doing right now. And, and that is not always because you right away have an aim to get something out of it. And that is so beautiful. It's just like creating partnerships with people that are my people, that feel like-minded, that I find inspiring. I don't know about you, but for me, that was always something that I thought like, oh yeah, I have these people that are really far ahead and I cannot connect to them and I am here and I just have to hustle, hustle. And that really changed for me. And then also even in the way I teach. So online teaching is different than physical teaching, but I noticed that, for example, in my group that I have, I have a, a group program that I run. I was working really hard myself, so like teaching the content and doing all that. And then being in Selena's program, I saw, first of all, she has her other two mentors who are amazing, Linia and Jamie, and they will teach a third of it. So I was like, that's, first of all, already great. She's not carrying all the work. So my biggest takeaway is, of course, the publicity. I didn't do that before. Now I'm a contributor for entrepreneur.com, like... I really have some beautiful things going on there. So that is the other part that is really about positioning. Yeah. And I think it is that genuine 
connection that she emphasizes which is just so appealing as well as you say it's not trying to get something from someone but just find a like-minded human being that you want to spend time with and yeah and i think it is that vision in the end that draws you together a couple years ago I actually gave a marketing talk where I did my postgrad studies in, in early music. And of course, at the time when I studied, about 17 years ago, there wasn't anything like that. They were very separated, sort of business and arts. But I think that is that is slowly changing. And it was fascinating speaking with these students. I think my talk was called something like, Five Things Music College Didn't Teach Me. There are a lot of marketing principles. I loved saying, it's not about you, it's about your audience. <laughs> and I got some very strange looks for that. But I think it is uh, changing that scenario so that it's not selling out or anything to be successful with your, with your art. It enables you to do more of it and to reach a larger audience. And, and again, marketing isn't a dirty word. It's building a relationship with people. It, there's a lot of psychology that goes into it. Like any powerful tool, it can be used for good or... <laughs> or not so good, I suppose, but you can use it in a completely positive way, really, and add value to people's lives. Right, that's a big mindset shift as well. Eh? I, I hear you on that one. Yeah, that marketing is bad, sales is bad, shouldn't be asking so much money, you're trapping people into something, like there's all these judgments about it. And I actually love how social media changed marketing. Because now, if you're not authentic, if you're not showing up as you, it's like not working anymore. People like to see the behind the scenes. They like to know what you stand for, what your values are, who you are in this world. And those are the people that attract clients easily. And in your own personal mindset work, is there an aspect that you felt like you had to overcome that was particularly challenging for you? I think really both marketing and sales, but maybe sales was the hardest. I did learn and I do subscribe to the idea that in the beginning, if you start a new business like this, it's really good to sell on sales calls instead of having a page where somebody can just click and buy. Also because maybe you're figuring your service out still, you're figuring out who your ideal client is. So it's just really helpful to talk to people and to connect with them and then offer them what you have to offer and and see what they say. And if a lot of people say, yes, I totally want this and I'm happy to pay for it, you know, you're onto something. And if everybody says no, or it sounds great, but not today, you also know there's something missing. So this part took for me quite a while to figure out what is it then? What am I exactly offering and how do I package that and how do I word it? So that's both how do I word it in the marketing and then how do I sell it? First of all, it was hard to figure that out in the beginning. And then second of all, I did have a lot of those not so empowering beliefs around making money and that it's bad to charge a lot of money. I had to overcome the thought that it was a bad thing to ask money for my work. That's interesting. So yes, of course, to learn a new skill, you need to practice as well. And running a business is like running a, a marathon and that you have long-term goals. It's a, a long-term endeavor. 
How do you make time for all the things that need to happen in your business? The the admin, the outreach, the client work, social media, and then have that space to be able to think big and work on your own vision for your business? Such a great question. A couple of years ago, I learned from a mentor, and I teach this now to my students always, I create a CEO schedule. So I look at the things that I need to do. And again, through seeing Selena even more, there's two days in my week, which are my Mondays and my Fridays. I don't see clients. I don't have client calls. I hardly have any calls if, if I can. I have nothing. And I just work on the needle movers in my business. So I'm writing content. I'm creating partnerships. Now I started with publicity. So I'm creating articles for publicity. I might be taking a course that I've bought and, and learning and developing myself. I have a call with my mentor, my coach. That has made such a difference. Instead of five days a week being available for clients, being out there, not being focused because you can be interrupted at any time, I really create focused time. And that has really been key for me. And anytime I fall off the wagon doing that, I get overwhelmed. And then the other three days, I have a beautiful scheduling system, which keeps me on track because I very much over-deliverer. So I would go easily and say, oh, Alexandria, you want another session? Of course, we can do that <laughs> on Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Before I know, I say it. And I knew I need to create something for myself. I'm like, oh, there's no space in the scheduler, so there's no space. And then, of course, now I'm at the place where I'm building a team. And that is another thing I really learned from Selena. I was like, what should I outsource? And she said, make a list and write down everything you really don't like doing. Great advice. <laughs> really great advice because people come like, what do you outsource? What should I outsource? And it's like, really, some people outsource their complete social media. Somebody else outsources how to make their websites for example i i know how to make my website so that's something i do myself but to write a copy i get help i get help with managing my inbox and organizing things so i have somebody just structuring things labeling things organizing that so that when i get into my email there's one folder and it says relinda take action and I go in there and that's what I need to do. And all the clutter, everything she can answer, she'll answer. All the clutter is out of there already. So that are things that for me uh, really clean up my space and time and focus and energy therefore. Yeah, and for people who feel maybe overwhelmed at the moment, but don't feel like they have the resources to hire a team to kind of outsource stuff, what would you advise for them to do? I would advise to early on start with that CEO schedule, meaning there's this idea that especially when you're an artist or you're just a, a professional starting a business that you don't think as an entrepreneur. There's a book called The E-Myth, which is a really interesting book to read. And for me, it had so many eye openers. And he talks about most people don't create a business. They create a really busy job for themselves that doesn't actually pay really well. So even though in the beginning, maybe you're even in a phase that you're like, I'm ready, but I have no clients. So you have like this weird space of having lots of time on your hands, but also not because you have the pressure of making money and it's just a weird space. And what I see people doing, like having a lot of to-dos, putting nothing in their calendar and kind of having the week open. And then when somebody asks something, they have time, they will do it. So this is the hardest phase 
and I feel already putting in that CEO schedule. So what I did is like I said, okay, my Mondays I'm writing content for the next week because that's important to consistently create content and put that out there. So I'm going to do that. Then on Tuesday, I have clients. Now, if I would sit on Tuesday, I'm like, I have space for clients, but there ain't no clients. Um, then I would say, okay, so then instead I do all the activities that get me clients, such as outreach, interviewing people, engaging on social media, all the things that would get me in front of my clients. And if a client comes, no, they cannot go on Monday. Although my calendar seems empty, already creating that structure for me was really important. What great advice. And what's a daily habit or ritual you have that brings you joy? Okay, I have one. So I love meditating, but I also love snoozing. So what I do is my alarm goes and then I have my favorite meditations on my phone and I pick one and I love to be like in a half sleep state. So in my first 10 minutes of waking up, I'm basically snoozing, but I'm also meditating. And that is really something that I treasure. I love this moment of my day. Oh, that sounds delightful. I'm tempted to give it a try. <laughs> give it a try. It's so good. Yeah. I, I tend to add meditations to that a couple of times a week that help me visualize what I want to bring in. So I do meditations around trusting, you know, trust the universe and letting go, but also like around what do I want to bring in? What is it that I want to create? What is the next level of my business? Well, how do I want to feel today? And I feel that that is really powerful to create it before it has happened. That's something that I believe in. So, Belinda, I'm sure that there are many people who would like to have more of you in their lives. So how would you suggest they go about doing that? I love that. I love how you phrase that. Yeah, absolutely. So on my website, I have something that I think people that are listening that recognize themselves in being multi-passionate, in having many ideas, maybe, or having many different things. If you're feeling like I have so much to give and there's all these different expertises that I have, but I have no idea how to bring that together into one offering and packaging it in a way so that you could create that beautiful business that gives you that freedom lifestyle around it. So therefore, on my website, I have created a, a PDF and a meditation. So you can go to my website, which is my full name, relindamorse.com slash one thing. And there you can just tell me where to send that PDF and the meditation, which will guide you through a process that I take all my clients through that helps you to find out how to bring all these life experiences and expertises together and find your one thing. It's really powerful. I have people really write me and say, oh my, I now finally know like what is the core of all the things I do. So I love to give this one away. Excellent. And now we've reached the finale. So there are a couple of quick fire questions to end the show. So what's your most treasured possession? And of course, no judgment. My cats. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> That's one of my 2021 goals to, uh, to have the same answer. So <laughs> watch this space. Amazing. Okay, I'm going to check this space. <laughs> and what would you say your favorite article of clothing is or accessory in your current wardrobe? 
a new winter coat that I bought secondhand on some kind of brilliant app where people sell their clothes. It makes me almost look forward to the winter, although I'm not a winter person. Where would you say you go to get inspired? I go into nature. I like to, to travel. I go to places where I can connect strongly to maybe the spiritual side of things. And that really inspires me. And what's one book or resource that you'd recommend for everyone? So I have one book called Breaking the Habits of Being Yourself, which was very instrumental in that process of letting go of my old identity as an artist and, and all the things that were tied to it. It's from Joe Dispenza and it's just wonderful and amazing. And it really shares on a scientific level how basically our mind changes our whole body as well and changes it on a cellular level and therefore brings in other things in the world so that is one and the second is you're a badass at making money from jen sincero i love that book it's just so bold it really opened my brain through things around money and then another thing is that she got really into business and became really wealthy after her 40s so I really like that. So for anyone who's like, well, yeah, I'm too late. That book is like brilliant as well. Oh, fantastic. I love that. And what would you say that you're grateful for? At the moment, I'm really grateful for my new apartment. I'm very grateful for my family uh, being healthy and being happy that I can see them. I'm very grateful for everything I have been able to really follow my heart a lot in my life. And although it hasn't been easy, I am very grateful for the fact that I could dance and do theater and travel and learn different languages and live in different cultures. And I'm just really profoundly grateful for all that. And finally, what do you love most about life? I'm fascinated by the idea that humans have the capacity to visualize something to have an idea and then bring it to life and i think this flow from formless which is the idea and the energy and it's all there and then bringing it into form this is what i love most about this life i find it infinitely fascinating so i think that's what i love most about life oh that's beautiful and it goes full circle with your dance background as well well, this has been such a pleasure. I feel like we're so aligned on many levels, mindset, thinking big. And thank you so much for your time, Melinda. I've thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to meet you. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing it. It was really easy and fun. Yeah, thank you. hope you enjoyed that chat with integrative business and energy strategist Relinda Moores. Be sure to check out her free gift link in the show notes and find the one thing you want to be known for. So here are some key takeaways from our conversation. Whatever kind of creative person you are, it's easy to allow your art to dictate your sense of self-worth. But Rolinda herself is proof that it's absolutely possible to get past these limiting beliefs. You really can change your mindset and your circumstances. And money and marketing aren't dirty words. You can be true to yourself and have financial success. <laughs>
but no one can do it all alone. In order to take your business and your life to the next level, you're going to need help. Find a mentor you admire, and community is everything. Surround yourself with people who believe in you and encourage you to be your best self. Remember, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. But it's never too late to change the narrative. Yes, you can. That's our show then. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Alexandria and this is Also in Pink, the podcast all about lifestyle design. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to Also in Pink wherever you get your podcasts. And the absolute best way to show your support is to write a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. This really helps more than anything to promote the show. And of course, tell all your friends. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time, have a wonderful week. Redefine what's possible and create your ideal life.